In 2010, I co-founded a company called Startup Grind with one goal, inspiring, educating, and connecting every entrepreneur on the planet. Today, Startup Grind is now in 125 countries and has millions of members. Along the way, I found the most powerful marketing tool of all time, customer-to-customer marketing. C2C marketing empowers your greatest ambassadors, your customers, to evangelize your brand and grow your community. This is a podcast we wish we'd had when we started building our community a decade ago. Each episode, we talk to the brightest minds and companies on the planet to learn how they build their community and empower their customers. I'm your host, Derek Anderson, and this is the C2C Podcast. I'm excited to have our next guest, Dan Brosick, who is a director of digital experience at Team Red, White, and Blue. He's also a veteran of the United States Army. Team RWB has about 200 local chapters bringing together the veteran community. In this interview, we'll break down how Team RWB was able to grow their C2C community so large and how their chapters and members stay more active than almost any community we've ever seen. Can you describe what Team Red, White, and Blue is and what you do in your role there? So Team Red, White, and Blue, or Team RWB as we call it, is a national veterans nonprofit. We were founded in uh, 2010. Our mission is to enrich the lives of America's veterans by connecting them to their community through physical and social activities. So to date, we've got just over 210,000 registered members, uh, mainly in the U.S., but we also support active duty, guard, reserve. And so we've got uh, folks that are deployed overseas that are also a part of the organization. We've got just about 1,800 volunteer leaders, which are the lifeblood of the organization. And, and those are the ones that are putting on the, the tens of thousands of you know, physical, social, service-oriented events and activities in, in a couple hundred communities across the country each year. I came to the organization in 2015. So I'm an Army veteran myself. I was an artillery officer. Uh, I spent about 15 years after the military working in corporate America and in an agency. Uh, and then I wanted to, to kind of move into a different role and, uh, and give back to the community. So I came over to Team Red, White, and Blue uh, at the early days as a marketing and uh, comms person. But as I quickly realized, when you're in an organization of our size, you do a lot more than that. So I've been involved in you know, branding and tech, business intelligence pretty much our whole digital experience since I've been here and, and more specifically over the last six months, really kind of heads down on, on all things digital uh, in terms of what the, the experience looks like for our member and our volunteer leaders across all of our digital assets. And digital is a means by which, you know, a lot of people connect to us both online as well as the in real life events. And so we're, we're really kind of pushing the, uh, the envelope with how we can create, you know, an omnipresent kind of experience for our veterans. Uh, and digital is a huge component of that. Well, thank you for you know, first of all, your personal service. And thank you for what you all do for so many great people out there. I mean, we talked to so many great communities and great causes. But, uh, you know, if there's not a better group to to support and to help uh, than than what you all are doing, I, I don't know what it is. So we really appreciate that. One of the things I love about your community is well, well, every not every community, but a lot of communities have these terms that they create for their community leaders. I think yours is the best. Yours are called Eagles. Uh, or your members, excuse me. And and I wonder if you could just share where that name came from and how it came to be. 
Sure. So when the organization was founded back in 2010, they, you know, created the initial brand identity and, and you know, at the heart of our brand identity was a eagle as our logo mark. So uh, it's at the centerpiece also of our token red shirt that most people will say that they've, you know, seen us at, you know, various races or events across the country. And so having the eagle be pretty much on on everything that we do uh, and a part of all of our gear, you know, members have just become known as eagles. And then as you know, that's pretty much led to a whole community lexicon, you know, in the last probably six to seven years. So our events are called, you know, Eagle something like Eagle Namaste for yoga. You know, uh, we talk uh, about our, uh, you know, our members, you know, by Eagle, we, we use inspirational kind of sayings and phrases like Eagle up, which is like, you know, kind of get going, get after it. Eagle fire for people that, you know, are showing that level of motivation or inspiration in their local community. So, yeah, we use Eagle pretty much everywhere we speak. Our volunteer leaders are called Eagle leaders. Um, so. Eagles omnipresent across pretty much our entire experience. You have about 200 chapters today. And I'm wondering, like, did they just sort of begin organically? Did you all plan them? How, how did they get launched? Yeah, so it, it wasn't like that in the first couple of years. It was really around, you know, us trying to identify um, veterans in need uh, and trying to support them. And what we realized is that the veterans that we thought needed the service were like, I want, I don't need help. I want to help somebody. And so, uh, in 2012 is when they had kind of a, a big planning session with the early uh, volunteer leaders in the organization. And they sat together and they essentially said, Hey, like we are, we're coming up with like a, a new model here. And, you know, the, the belief was that, you know, the team and the community need to, to kind of become one. And so we, we opened up the aperture, you know, uh, in terms of like, inclusivity. And and at that point in time, uh, it wasn't just a focus on veterans. It was a focus on veterans, active duty, guard, reserve, but also military family members and civilians. We're probably one of the only veteran service organizations out there that have a significant portion of our membership that's actually civilians. It's about 30% of that 210,000. And our belief is like, if you're going to integrate a veteran back into their community, the vast majority of people in their communities are civilians. They're, they're not other veterans. And so for us to be successful, these chapters that we were creating would need to allow for this connection, as opposed to what you may have seen for some of the first generation VSOs, like the VFW and the Legion, where it's veterans getting to, you know, together with veterans and, you know, kind of bricks and mortar locations. We do that as well. But the, the goal is really to, to be very inclusive. And, and that became the, the centerpiece of like the new operating model, which is chapter based operating model, volunteer leaders leading some key roles with a playbook in terms of how they would stand up uh, these various chapters across the country. And so once that that template was created, it was a matter of identifying kind of the, the key people who are interested in the organization to be able to take it and grow it, you know, organically, you know, within their community, but they had a good template to work off of. I know a lot of brands just struggle to get their communities to get together once a quarter. And your chapters, you have some of them that are literally doing engagements multiple times a month. How are you able to do that? How, how have you been able to instill that and get, get people excited about being so engaged? Yeah, I think part of it's tied to our mission, you know, at the heart of it is, you know, physical and social activity. So that lends itself nicely to not only doing some, you know, bigger events, possibly on a monthly basis, like maybe a big race uh, or something of that nature. But, you know, we, we, we are big believers in like a low barrier to entry and like local consistent behavior. Uh, behavior. So keeping uh, connections going on a continuous basis is critical. We know our, our volunteer leaders live busy lives. They give us a lot of their free time. And so the goal is to find like what, what is the right mix of diversity of events locations, timeframes that will work for the folks in that area. 
And so some people are interested in going out for a ruck. Some people like to do yoga. And so it's a, it's the ability to say, Hey, look, right. May be only two or three people showing up at an event. Like every event does not need to be a mega event. You know, micro events are where relationships start and connections happen. And so, um, the, the goal is to create the consistency around it. So if I know every week I've got two to three opportunities to possibly get together with some fellow Eagles, that's what right looks like. And it varies once again, depending on areas. Like I live in Bend, Oregon. We got about 150 members and a subset of that that come out on a fairly frequent basis. Whereas if I go down to some of the, you know, chapters in Texas and Houston, you've got 50 plus leaders, you know, they got a big geography um, that they need to cover down on. And so they're putting on, you know, events all around the city, because that's the only way geographically people might be able to get to it, you know, during a certain point in time during the week. What qualities make the best organizers from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, for us, you know, the the best volunteer leaders that we've seen are, are ones that have a, a passion for veterans and our mission. Um, they, they really believe in, in kind of what we're trying to do at its very core. They give a ton of their time and, and, and kind of personal resources to support us. And so I would say that's the, the biggest thing, you know, back to the chapter based model, you know, though, that we've created, like there are different roles. And so some are, you know, being the chapter captain, which is a leader role versus maybe a, a veteran engagement director where you're creating relationships with, with local veterans in the community, athletic coordinator, I would suggest that depending on what role a volunteer leader takes, their skill sets and experience are kind of like what allow them to be successful. So if you're a yoga teacher and you want to be an athletic coordinator, that's awesome. Like you can put on yoga classes for us or somebody who's in super into CrossFit, you know, may have like a box or a gym that they're affiliated with. Like they can help, you know, get veterans in and, and actually help them uh, learn how to do CrossFit or functional fitness workouts. And so I think it really depends, you know, but at the top of that list, it's truly a passion for veterans and their families. You're obviously doing a lot of good in the veteran community and for their families. How does the events support Team RWB? Like, does it help drive donations or some other type of engagement that helps fuel your, you know, your mission and your team? So our goal, our mission is to enrich lives. And we've done a fair amount of research over the last, you know, six to seven years that suggests engagement, higher levels of engagement lead to enrichment. And so the the events are that gateway to enrichment. It's the ability to create these local connections uh, and, to, and to create consistent kind of opportunities for people to engage with one another that shows that we can increase enrichment, you know, in our veteran population. And so we've spent, you know, a fair amount of time doing research. We've created our own research instrument. We call it the Enriched Life Scale. Uh, it's got a, a few different dimensions to it uh, around physical health, mental health, uh, supportive relationships, sense of purpose, and engaged citizenship. And so we can begin to analyze through a member onboarding process and periodic points in the year, like where somebody is on that enrichment scale. And if we find opportunities to enrich people, we know the pathway there is through events, is to get people engaged, whether once again, it's one of these micro events where there's only a few people getting together, or if it's a big, you know, uh, national event that we may put on, you know, a handful of time, a handful of times a year. I think the key thing is, it's like a lot of veterans isolate themselves. And, and so they're not real apt to go out and meet with like 10 people, right? They, they, they have anxiety, they don't want to do that. And so uh, the ability to get together maybe with one or two other people and go for a hike, you know, could be the, the catalyst to get them to come out you know, on a consistent basis. What are the metrics and whether it's growth or just generally tracking that you think matter most for your community? So multiple factors at play here. I mean, for, for me, I'm focused a ton on creating opportunities for connection and engagement. So when I think about 
growth, I'm thinking about active users and engaged members. You know, how many people are touching our community, whether it's offline or online, every day, every week, every month. And that allows us to create opportunities for them to become enriched, to create these relationships and to get in shape. And so at the end of the day, I think that the two that I would probably focus uh, the most on would be uh, consist- consistency and, and relevance. Are we relevant to them? And how often can we keep them consistently engaged with the organization? We see more and more companies adopting the customer-to-customer model. Do you think that more cause-based organizations like Team RWB are going to start adopting that? Or do you think this is just sort of a, you know, a smaller trend that is good for some but not others? I think it probably depends on business models. Um, but I, I do think it's going to continue to grow. I think that's where you create... Um, loyalty and retention, you know, with your, you know, stakeholders and your user base. So, you know, we don't call anybody a customer within kind of our, you know, terminology, but for us, it's members. And, and, and the answer would be absolutely. This has been kind of our approach for the past decade is to have a, a member to member, you know, model or community. It's pretty much at the heart of, of what we do in terms of creating connections, both offline and online. You know, we're a team. We truly are a team. Like, you know, when we, we when people leave the service, they leave their branches and, and their affiliations behind. And, and we're essentially saying, like, this is this is the shirt that you now put on. This is your uniform. You put on the eagle and you're still a part of of a team again. And so communities in our mission statement, we have different six different pillars that form our eagle ethos and, and community is one of those. So at the end of the day, it's it's pretty much who we are. I love that idea, the member to member. I and mean, that's maybe the next podcast. Maybe you should run that podcast, but that's a great way to look at it. As we kind of wrap up, tell us about a community that you love and why do you love it? So there's probably a couple. Uh, yeah, I'm a lacrosse coach and in, in when I'm not uh, doing the veteran thing. So there's a whole great lacrosse community that I've been a part of since I was a kid playing and, and now coaching at the high school level, uh, which I love. But the the one unique community that, that I've uh, gotten involved with over the past 12 years or so is the ultra running community, uh, which is a really cool tribe of crazy people that, you know, are, are, are really inspiring. To me, it's one of those awesome communities because it, it People aren't competing with one another. They're in it to push themselves and everybody else understands kind of the challenges that, you know, you face when you're, you know, running a 50, 100, you know, 200 mile race. And so they all kind of look at you like they're one of their own. The, the crews are, are like your family, even if it's somebody else's crew. And so I, I've loved to be a part of that subculture, you know, ever since I joined. And it's probably why I'm still around, even though my knees and my hips are shot. I, I just I really find them a fun and interesting bunch. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this. If you'd like to see more about how to create your own event community, go to bevylabs.com slash pod. That's B-E-V-Y-L-A-B-S dot com slash pod.